finds Draymond Green, Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three, bang! Play Thompson from downtown, it's a six-point lead. Timeout, Rockets. Yo, 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 guys, what is up, and welcome back to the Game 6 Clay Podcast. It's your boy, Gotham, with my boys, Matt and Charlie. Uh, We got a full house tonight. The whole Game 6 Clay crew is here for the first ever inaugural Game 6 Clay Finals episode. Uh, You guys heard that right. The Golden State Warriors are back in the NBA Finals, just like we never left. Um, two years later, but before we get into everything, as always, Matt, Charlie, how are you guys doing, boys? Doing all right, doing all right. A uh, long weekend, but we're pulling through and, you know, just gearing up for some basketball, man. It feels like it's been so long since they played and so long until the finals, even though it's only a couple of days from now. Yeah, man. You, man. Yeah, doing good. Uh, I'm excited to get out of the Steph KD Twitter uh, Twitter beef right now. We got about another day left of that, it seems like, until, uh, you know, topical things pop back in the timeline. So uh, doing good, Dude, though, man. Ready for Thursday. I had, like, a rare day, like, mostly offline, so I didn't see much of the beef going on. And then I just, like, logged in and got, like, cliff notes. Well, it's just like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Like, we got, we got, I get, I mean, he gave us a bunch of takes of the week for the end, but um, shout out KD. That was awesome. But... Uh, before yeah. uh, we get into the finals, boys, um, six time in eight years, uh, Warriors are back in the uh, in the series to win it all, man. All, all this one's for all the marbles. Um, took down the Mavs um, that game five. Matt and I, we uh, on our last episode, kind of previewed game five and kind of played out exactly how we uh, how we talked about what we wanted to see. Um, the Dubs punched their ticket um, out the Eastern Conference. We got the Boston Celtics, who I think we've always kind of had our eye on. Uh, especially after that Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee series, that seven game, uh, just slugfest that they went through, um, took them an extra game than what I think ninety nine percent of everyone thought, even probably some Heat fans. Not Charlie, um, but not Charlie. Charlie Charlie thought it was going seven, but um, just the way it happened. But it's it's ended up being Boston, and I think it's uh, it's a perfect it's a perfect uh, what's it called perfect matchup for um, you. Kind of got this uh, homegrown battle man the the new homegrown team versus the team that's been homegrown and done it all um so let's just get right into it man um as we know this is the sixth time the Warriors are in this finals in this era um and even before we jump into the matchup and the players how do you guys feel confidence wise in terms of where Boston ranks in um you know the Warriors finals um competition history I I think it's hard to top that 2016 Cavs team, which was just like so loaded, obviously with LeBron at the top and Kyrie really like the peak of his game at that point. Um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been the same player in terms of health since then. And, you know, we saw that in a couple of those final teams that probably dings the Cavs, but I don't think, I don't think you can really touch them. Uh, I, it's tough to put them over the Raptors. Cause that was a really, really solid team. And, even if the Warriors had been fully healthy, it would have been a dogfight right to the end. And I think that they both, you know, both those teams were so interesting and just being like one to five, so solid, like defensively responsible scoring threats, playmakers, like no real holes to exploit. Um, Even though you don't have the one kind of true 
crazy. I mean, Kawhi was the crazy superstar, but he wasn't like, you know, the top one, two or three guys that you usually see getting down to the end. So that's where I started to see the Celtics team maybe in like that second or third spot. Cause man, are they just so rock solid top to bottom? They're so deep and they have so many different guys that can hurt you on different nights with Tatum and Brown sort of being the ones to pull it together. Yeah. I feel the same way. I think the, the, the best comparison for this Boston team is a Toronto team. Probably. Um, as far as like, if we're talking about competitive series, I think this is two or three. Uh, I think that 17 Cavs team was also bananas, but there was just a, there was no shot at any point in that series, but the team's really good there. I mean, the, the, the jury's kind of, you know, out or in, I always get mixed up with how that phrase goes on what this Boston team is. They are just like a whole list, a whole list defense. Um, and they're going to be really, really tight. I don't think they have the offensive firepower of that Toronto team though. We kind of forget that was a Kawhi Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam extravaganza. Those are four guys who at that time are, you know, 18 to 22 per game scores, especially with Van Vliet, Van Vliet having that, having that, having a kid <laughs> like a few weeks before that, kind of like Derek White just did. And Derek White, bad mm. news, kind of give me PTSD here. Uh, the dad buff. It's yeah, so real. <laughs> he has been absolutely scorching hot since pumping out a son, man. So, um, yeah, right Can there. I, well, I was going to get to it later, but I just want to throw it since we're on the subjects of the dad buff. Uh, so before that, he was at like seven, three and three uh, with about one steal and block per game abysmal shooting was like 35 and 24% from deep uh, since the kid 11, four and four, <laughs> he's shooting 43, 35. He's back to 2.8 steals and blocks. Like, so basically, you know, we just you, know you know, it didn't pop off after that a kid. And obviously congratulations, Damian Lee, but we will we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Lee Sander never stops, baby. Never stops. Can't leave him alone for an episode. <laughs> I was going to say, we need to be at least to have a kid soon, man. But uh, Gotham, you beat me. You beat me to a good joke there, man. Um, well done, dude. But yeah, I think that, that that two three spot with uh, with Toronto sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I think uh, you know, I I think those sixteen that sixteen Cavs team, that seventeen Cavs team, and that uh, nineteen Raptors team would be my top three personally. Um, so I'd put Boston at four, just. Um, not really just because uh, of anything they do have done or not done. I think just having a LeBron James led team um, and obviously Kawhi um, and it was, it felt like you were going up against some experience on experience with the Warriors when they were doing that. Um, this Celtics team obviously have been through an absolute just bloodbath of an Eastern conference to get here, um, but they haven't been in the finals. Um, so it's, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother monster. So um, I rank I rank them, you know, above that fifteen and eighteen Cavs team, um, just right there. But again, um, no, no, not trying to, you know, add any bulletin board material. These guys are a legit threat. Um, very good. Going to be a great series. Um, Going to be a uh, physical one. But um, this this series is kind of has as like I like I said in the intro, kind of has these int- like this homegrown talent. Like you got. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Loon, Poole, the whole, pretty much the entire Warriors roster. And then on the other side, you got uh, Tatum, Brown, Marcus Smart. Um, who else? Give me some names. I'm blanking. But whoever, like that team is also homegrown. Um, so let's do a little player draft, boys. Who are we uh, Who are we taking? Who's the best player in the series? And I, I have my answer this time. And it's not 
somebody on an opposing team. Well, we're going to go alphabetically here and we'll draft uh, starting fives only. So we can assume Warrior starting five will be the same five they've had for a minute, I think. And then we can go with uh, Smart, Brown, Tatum, uh, Horford, Williams. We can presume. Is that fair? It's fair. If healthy. Uh, I'm also kidding. That would put me going first. Right, let's go reverse alphabetically here. I'll go last. Gotham, uh, you're going to go. You're going to go here. Last yeah. names, by the way, guys. Last names, not first names. With the first pick in the 2022 NBA Finals player ranking draft, um, Gotham <laughs> Rodman selects Steph Curry. Give me Steph Curry, man. He is the best player in this draft. In this uh, this draft and uh, this uh, this this series by a long shot. Um, guy's been here, two time MVP, arguably top ten player in NBA history. Um, Steph's on another planet in terms of uh, the tiers of ranking these guys. Um, so give me Steph. Yep. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy number two to have Jason Tatum. I think he's probably a lot closer to the player that Steph is right now than most Warriors fans would care to admit, but the dude is otherworldly on both ends of the floor. Like he's, it's going to be different than, you know, the first, the rounds through the West when they were facing these heliocentric stars, but Tatum is still sort of the guy where Boston's offense is derived from what he can do and the way he bends the defense um, he's really stepped it up as a playmaker and has he's always passing been the hell out of the ball, man. Yeah, dude, he is. And it hasn't like, it hasn't affected him as a scorer. It hasn't like affected his defensive presence either. So I think you have to give a nod to him. That leaves you with a tough one, Matt. Pick, Where are you pick, going? Pick three, Matt. This is this is the this is the juicy well, one. Where are you Chuck, going? Chuck, I was going to go loon second if I was you. So you missed a you dodged a <laughs> you dodged a free. Oh, uh, I forgot there. about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and with my third pick, I'm taking Draymond Green. Uh, I think Draymond is in a lot of ways going to be key to the series, man. Because he's going to be battling. This is the the deepest front court in the league, probably with Boston. They've got three, four guys who you can throw out there who are all actually rotational bigs who can hang with the Warriors. Uh, Horford can hang. Williams, Grant Williams can play, but God, is he one of the top four most knowing guys I've ever watched play basketball. Um, Rob Williams, obviously a total stud when he's healthy. Even Tice as a fourth big man is not a guy that, I mean, the Warriors be okay having Tice in their rotation. I'm not going to say lucky, but they'd be all right having Tice in their rotation right now. Um, but I'm going Draymond just as again, he's gonna do a lot of battling. If he can, uh, if he can be effective against Boston's bigs and is actually looking to attack, that's, uh, that's going to be a good sign for golden state. And I think this is a snake draft. So I'm going to take my fourth pick here and I am going to go with the, uh, the Berkeley product himself, Jalen Brown, uh, fourth pick. I think Brown in a lot of ways is going to be what, not necessarily decides the series, but he, if he's not going this series, I don't think Boston has a great chance at least to score the ball because the Warriors are going to load up on Tatum kind of like we saw the heat do kind of like we saw him do with Luca in a lot of ways. Um, and if Brown can't be effective and he's gonna have a hard time, so the Warriors have the wings to throw at him now, assuming that everybody's coming back that is supposed to be coming back. Um, he's going to have a hard time, but if he gets going, it's going to be really tough for golden state. So I'm going Brown fourth and that'll, uh, we just decided guys also, we're going to keep this to a six blade draft for the sake of time. Two rounds. But Brown <laughs> is, uh, he's going fourth here. Well, I think it really helps break down like who are the most important guys too. Cause I think, you know, I may have 
I may have gone Brown over Draymond, but it's a really, really close argument. It just kind of depends on where Draymond's like scoring and level of offensive threat as for this season. And uh, especially if he can take care of the ball, because the dude has been kind of a turnover machine in these playoffs. Uh, so that's been a bit of a problem. And uh, I think with number five, like as much as I want to give the tip to Andrew Wiggins, um, I think it's got to be Marcus Smart. Like the dude's been incredible defensively. Like he's just always like locked in regardless. Um, he's really made a lot of strides as a playmaker in the playoffs. And a lot of Boston's, a lot of the key to Boston's like big second half change, you know, they won 28 of the last 35 to end the regular season. Uh, they've been kind of on a huge run and, that a lot of that has come with smart being their point guard. So I think, I think he's a pretty solid bet as like a top five guy in the series. And that leaves, that leaves, with the last pick. that leaves me with the last pick. And I can't believe that I have uh, the choice to reunite the splash brothers with my two, uh, my two things. But um, as much as I want to pick, pick Clay Thompson in, in this pick, um, I think uh, I got, I got to go with Andrew Wiggins, man, in terms of who can, um, you know, really be that impact guy on this, on this, um, in this finals, not saying Clay's not, um, I'll get into him a little later, but, um, I think Andrew Wiggins is just the way he's played this playoffs, just with the, uh, the intensity, just, uh, driving to the basket, being aggressive, um, defending the other people's, uh, stars. I'm sure he's going to be getting Tatum, um, off the, uh, off the tip. So, or from the tip. So, um, and just the way he's been rebounding, I think Andrew Wiggins has really played himself into, um, and worth in the the money that he's making. I think that was the biggest, um, you know, big uh, controversy, not controversy, conversation around Wiggins in terms of is he worth the 33 mil? Is he whatever? He's a contributing to playing winning basketball. He's a, he's one of the biggest reasons the Warriors have made it to the NBA finals. Um, so I think for number six, you got to go with Andrew Wiggins, man, just with the impact he's going to be ha- having with like, on Jason Tatum and what he brings offensively. Um, you know, Wiggins has an opportunity to really play himself into a very, very um, impactful role um, to win this championship. Uh, but yeah, that's all right. I like that little top six, um, top six. So we got Steph, JT, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Wiggins, and, and Draymond. And Draymond, and Draymond. So we got three Warriors. And three Celtics, which is kind of exactly how even the series is, man. And I think that just goes to show both teams have impact players. And we didn't even talk about guys like Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole um, on the uh, on on the Celtics side, Robert Williams, um, you know, Peyton Pritchard guys. I mean, I'm, I'm like, can't even remember all these guys. There's so many impactful players in the series, mm-hmm. guys that have the ability to, you know, swing this one way or another. Um but that going, uh, that being said, so now that we got the players out of the way, what are what are some of you guys' biggest questions um, about the Dubs handling the Celtics team? And on the flip side, what do you see? What is what, what do you think Boston's path to a championship is? Because um, that's that's something we we don't really explore on this podcast. But let's dive let's dive, let's dive deeper, man. So. I think there's two different, I think like, let's, let's explore that from like one side of each. So I think you have sort of the givens where Draymond Green is going to be excellent defensively. He's going to do a lot of things as a playmaker. Um, one of the big questions is, can he take care of the ball and can he score just a little bit? Like, can he make that occasional three or 
floater on the short roll. Uh, to me, the other question for like the big question for Boston is if Marcus Smart keeps this up. Like, if you have Tatum and Brown doing their thing, you know they'll have the occasional off games, but they also have their occasional big ones. But those are the two guys that really make the offense go. And against this team, like the Warriors, they're going to try to take Tatum out of this as much as he can and force uh, Brown into having to create off the dribble instead of off a tilted defense. And can Smart be the guy who hits the open shots? You know, makes big plays uh, on the offensive end in addition to his defense. And I think if he is that guy who can, you know, swing a couple games with the shooting, then that's how Boston ends up taking this one. And on the Warriors side, I think you just need to have a more cohesive games like coming together for Clay and Poole because, you know, we've seen like the numbers going around and there's all this like, oh, you know, it, like everyone's been bashing Clay, but he's got 20 points per game and he's like shooting 40% from three. And, you know, even though it all averages out to about the same that we see before, like this is not the same clay that we're seeing. Like he's not getting to the rim as much as he used to. He's not getting to the line as much as he used to sub 10% frequency on both of those, which is tough. Um, can he keep just murdering in the mid range? Cause those are the shots that Boston wants to give up. And those are the only shots clay really wants to take right now besides his threes. And the dude's taken a lot of threes. So can you keep hitting those mid-range shots? And uh, can Poole make some of them as well? I think is how the Warriors end up swinging this, assuming that uh, Steph keeps Stefan. What do you yeah, think, I, Matt? Yeah, I fully agree that it's going to be a, who can actually score the basketball because these two teams aren't going to give up anything easily defensively. And I'm really curious to see the Warriors defend Tatum because watching Tatum the last few weeks, that guy has been elite at finding his shooters in the corner. And for the first two, three games, of that Dallas series, the Warriors were really, really bad defending the corners on both sides. And so I want to say the Warriors adjusted that. And I think it probably bodes well for them that the, the Celtics, while they have some guys who are really hot right now, I don't think they're the same level of shooters that Dallas has. And I don't think Tatum is the playmaker Luka is. Um, granted, I think Tatum would be harder to tire out the other side because he's actually such a good defender. Uh, Charlie, you talked about it, man. I was just watching some clips of him guarding KD. Uh in that Brooklyn series, just on an Island. And I, I've just never seen Kevin Durant work like that, except for maybe against like Iguodala in 2016, but just the way that Tatum moved his feet and just really, really active hands without fouling. The guy was just, he was really good. Um, but I do, I do fully agree. It's going to be a battle of just which of these teams can put the ball in the basket more. And I think as far as uh, ceiling goes, the Warriors have three guys who can explode. I think that Boston just doesn't have, I mean, Tatum of course can go off any given night, but I think that, like the scoring outbursts from all of Steph clay and pool kind of outmatch that. And they all have to be willing, like you said, to shoot those mid range shots because that's, what's going to be there. Uh, and that's what Boston, that's the only thing they're going to give up because their defense is so good. And so they have three guys who can do that. Uh, talking about Draymond being willing again, there's all the staff and Draymond shooting aren't always about him even scoring. It's about his shot attempts. If he's in attack mode, the Warriors are in better shape. Uh, but again, I think it's going to be a series where which of these two teams can score the basketball. And I trust Golden State to create better looks for themselves against a good defense than I think I do uh, for Boston. So I think that's kind of why overall I trust this Warriors team against this Boston team because they have guys who who can make shots at a level that I think Boston does not. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, my, my bad, I was muted right there. Um, but no, I that, I've said this since um, you know before this matchup was even set in stone. Um, even like during the conference finals and the semis, I've tweeted this out a bunch. But uh, my biggest question is. Can this Warriors offense score on this Boston defense? And my answer to that question is, I think so. I think they'll find a way to put the ball in the basket. I just, I, from watching Boston's offense um, in the uh, in the playoffs so far, especially in that Heat series, there was just too many times where they were too streaky. Um, you can force these guys to take, you know, tough shots, tough threes against uh, against a good defense. We saw it against Miami. Um, that game six was really telling. I mean. Uh, you know, Jason Tatum was, uh, if you force him to, if you can just contest these shots, if, if that's the biggest thing. If the Warriors don't give up these just open shots to these uh, to these shooters that Boston has, like you said, Matt, I don't think they're good enough uh, shooting-wise compared to a Dallas team. Um, it's kind of similar to a Denver team uh, in terms of shooting ability, I would say. I, I, I think maybe a little better, but, um, you know, shut down the main guys and force these other guys, as they've done, in all of these series um, to get here, um, shut down the main guys and uh, let these other guys beat you. Um, so I don't think Boston's offense against the Warriors, I think the Warriors defense will hold their own. And um, it comes down to, do you trust the Warriors offense to find a way, like you guys said, take advantage of the shots that the defense gives you um, the mid range, being aggressive off the ball, um, cutting, um, and just, you know, the Warriors offense, even though everybody talks about this Boston defense being able to switch everything and um, they are, and it's going to be, it's going to make it hard in terms of those split actions and um, just the off ball, just uh, chaos that the Warriors create. But as long as they're able to, you know, take those, take those great shots that they're, they're going to be able to get, just wear that defense down. Um, I trust the Warriors offense to uh, get this done. Um, but that that's that's really what this series is going to come down to, man. It comes down to the Warriors' offense versus this Boston defense, um, because the disparity between the defenses. You can you know, obviously Boston has a great defense; um, they were number one in the in the NBA this season. But the Warriors are not uh, a complete drop off. They were number two or three from uh, this season, and number two, uh, number two this season, and this playoffs they've been amazing. The Boston has been the seventh offenses offensive rating in the playoffs, whereas the Warriors have been the first. So that difference is where this series is going to be decided and who's who's going to win this championship. Can Boston's offense live up? Can Boston's offense outplay itself the way it's played the last three series? I don't know. Can the Warriors sustain this offensive level? Seems much more likely. So that's that's my biggest uh, thing that I guess you should be looking for in this series because um, it's going to be it's going to be a competitive one. Man. It's going to come down to just here, shots here and there, um, making timely buckets, but – um, you know, when you got Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green on your team, offensively, you you like your chances. So, um, but yeah, um, any any X factor players, and and uh, please uh, stop me if if you guys want to hammer this one more. But um, Matt, you look like you want to say something, and we uh, can't. Matt, your audio is a little off. Um, but yeah, I'm oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. We're messing yeah. up some today. Um, what do you guys think the difference is and how the Warriors are going to approach guarding Tatum versus how they approached guarding, guarding Luca? I think, um, in terms of guarding Tatum, he's just such a great scorer. Um, not saying Luca and Luca is too, don't get me wrong, but he plays at a faster pace. And I think that that playmaking ability that we talked about, him able to get other guys involved. That's the way, that's how you got to stop uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, make him 
you know, put the team on his back to carry them the, to this uh, championship because um, as great of a scorer as he is, um, he can be a streaky shooter. He can settle for tough threes, um, especially if you can cut down those driving lanes, which Wiggins has done. Um, the Warriors are getting back GP2, um, hopefully Andre, uh, Otto Porter. So they have the uh, wing depth defensively to, um, you know, make it really hard on Tatum and Brown. Um, so if you if the Warriors are able to, you know, make Tatum score the basketball and not get a Grant Williams, a Marcus Smart, uh, Derek White involved um, off these uh, off this like just his playmaking ability, um, you know, I think that would uh, that would be a great. Uh, that's a great start in terms of stopping Jason Tatum. You're not you're never going to stop him, and I think the Warriors have shown that they're not going to try and stop any of these superstar players. Um, they did it with Jokic, um, Ja when he was there. Um, and then uh, Luca in the last series, they're they're gonna let these guys, they're they're all worldly scorers, but it's the it's their playmaking and getting other guys involved is is the way to beat the Warriors, and I think that they know that, and they're gonna do all they can to make sure that Tatum doesn't have a you know thirty five and ten assist game. You know if he has a thirty five and two assist game, you can live with that. That's, so that's you see is. them you see them throwing Wiggins on him and saying hey make no, his Wiggins on and then it works cutting off everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I think if you throw Wiggins on Tatum and then you put uh, a GP two, um, a Clay, even I mean, obviously, a little, I'm so a ready. I'm so ready for Gary Payton to get back. Oh man, that on ball defense and Jalen Brown, uh, you know, as great of a player as he is, the guy cannot dribble the basketball. He had, he, I think he averages like two or three just off his knee a game. He has so, the best crossover in the league for a guy who can't dribble with the ball in front of him. Like his step so, backs is randomly a guy dirty like move. GP, you put a guy like GP2 on him who is the one of the best, if not the best, uh, perimeter, like just on-ball defender, just the pressure he's going to create. Um, you're just going to make that so much harder for these guys to try and get other people involved. And if you let – if if the Warriors can just say, all right, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, bring it home, you know, more power to you. But uh, that's that, that would, that's the way I would see this, uh, this, this series playing out defensively for the Warriors. And I think um, they have the personnel to do it. They're the healthiest they're ever been all season, which is insane um, for the first time in the NBA finals. So um, they have the wing depth uh, defensively to do it. They have the offensive firepower to, uh, to make that Boston defense work. That's what the series is going to come down to. Um, just who can win this, uh, who can win this uh, war of attrition. So you brought up players earlier about the X factor players, right? Uh, who's the first player that comes to your head warriors Celtics that you view as an X factor player for this series? Gotham? Uh, for the warriors. Um, it, it, I Chuck touched on it earlier. It's, it's Jordan Poole and clay Thompson for me. Um, I think when those three guys um, in terms of uh, Steph clay and uh, Jordan Poole, when those three guys get going offensively, this team is off, almost an un, unstoppable. Um, so if if Clay can get going, if uh, Poole can you know be that uh, scoring spark off the bench that we've seen um, in that uh, Denver series, a little bit in that Dallas series too, um, it's it, that the Warriors just offensively would just have I think just too much firepower. So um, for me, that's those two, and then on the on the Celtics side, uh, Robert Williams, um, he is a absolute monster in the paint. Um, the guy is just a the definition of a rim protector. He he can kind of do that Draymond thing where he's playing like the safety and um, kind of just scope, scoping around the paint um, and do that. And as well as um, just the blocking shots, the guy's athletic. He is banged up. Um, so you know who those Celtics in general are banged up. Um, I, that's that's one thing as another X factor. I, I would say not necessarily player wise, but you know, Tatum's dealing with that shoulder. Smart's dealing with the ankle. 
Um, Williams dealing with the knee. They've been through seven or uh, two back-to-back seven-game slugfest, man. Like the Warriors, as as great as uh, as great as uh, this run has been, they've had relatively easy uh, competition in terms of wear and tear on the body. Um, you know, their best game, or their highest series was six games. Um, they're coming off a week's rest, so um, it, it, it's you know you don't want to get too ahead of yourself, but you know the Warriors have definitely some significant advantages just personnel wise um, and just health wise going in, which also is an X factor as we've seen the good and bad, you know, 2016, 2019, the Warriors were hurt. Um, It's part of basketball. You know, you hate to see it, but um, you know, that's, uh, that's, those are my, those are my X factors, man. Players and just, you know, situations. Uh, Matt, what's yours, man? Or Chuck, uh, if if you got some. Here, Chuck. Yeah. So, And on to that, like, I really think, you know, we sort of talked about it a little more, but like, I think the real X factor is, you know, like what can clay do on both ends of the floor? Can he punish them and drop in the mid range? And like you said, you know, I sort of, I expect Wiggins to get thrown onto Tatum, try to cut off his playmaking. Uh, I expect Steph to get thrown on Jalen Brown because he's got, good hands. He's been doing really well as the defender in these playoffs and he can capitalize on those loose ball turnovers. Um, but I think clay will probably end up getting a decent amount of Marcus smart. And I think that's going to be important because it's going to involve contesting a lot of shots can involve making responsible reads in the pick and roll. Um, and there's not a guy on earth. Well, there's a lot of guys on earth, but there's not a player in this series. I'd less rather have, uh, <laughs> less rather have play close to the Marcus smart, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, I don't love the idea of it, uh, in terms of potential injury stuff because of just the way Marcus plays. But, um, I do think that that's the warriors, the matchup that they should run with. And I think that makes clay really important because, you know, smart sort of like a, he's a confident guy and you have to try to sh- like make it like make him be un- like unconfident, you know, like choose times when to like slough off him and help and choose times when, you know, close out, try to make him drive, give him confidence as a driver um, and put him into your, put him into your help defenders. And that's going to be really important. But uh, if Clay can keep up these, you know, high forties, low fifties numbers from the mid range that he's been posting throughout the playoffs, then he could be a really huge swing factor for the dubs here. Yeah. I like clay a lot as a guy, just cause it, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but he, he just in a lot of ways embodies, what's going to make this team successful. If he's shot hunting and not looking for his teammates, the Warriors offense tends to get bogged down. If he is willing to pump fake and go and take, you know, two dribble pull up, all of a sudden that's the easy shot for him. Right. And if he's Boston's going to give that shot, they're going to close out hard on him. If he gets the ball, like they just are, he's Clay Thompson. And if he's willing to put the ball on the floor just a couple of times or find the open man, things open up so much for golden state. So I love that Uh, for my X factor for the warriors. I think it's, it's Wiggins still Uh, he's been, he's been nothing short of incredible the whole playoff so far, but this, again, this, this Boston front court is, they're big. They're, they have really good big men and Wiggins is outsized once again by, uh, by all of them. And so if he's, if he's able to continue, you know, being a force in the offensive boards, I, I forget why I heard it yesterday. It might've been Slater, but um, he and Looney are tied for the leading offensive rebounders in the playoffs. 
which is just incredible given where Wiggins was in the regular season and throughout his career. He was a four rebound per game uh, player of the season, I think. And he was uh, up to nine that last series of Dallas. If he can continue to battle on the boards with the bigs, if he can make Tatum's life hard, if he can give the Warriors anywhere from 15 to 20 points a game, I don't see the Warriors losing a series where Wiggins is, you know, similarly effective to what he was in Dallas. I just can't, I can't imagine it happening. But uh, I also can't imagine a Game 6 Clay podcast without an ad from Anchor. So we're going to go ahead and uh, take a quick, quick break here from Anchor for a sec, and we'll be right back with you guys. Yo, 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 guys. What is up? And welcome back to this episode of the Game 6 Clay podcast. As always, Matt absolutely killed that uh, that Anchor um, transition. Uh, shout out, Anchor. Um, again, and I'm going to keep saying this, honestly. I like this part. Uh, please send us this, uh, this check, man, because... Uh, We'd like it. We'd like to invest in some new Wi-Fi because we're having some some trouble today. But um, before we left off, um, you know, we uh, we we got into the players, um, the the schemes, what we might see. Um, it's all culminating in this, man. What what is this outcome going to be of this NBA Finals? Who is going to hoist that Larry O'Brien Trophy in a, in a weekish, two weeks? Who knows? Two two weeks, two ish week. Ooh. All right, I'll go first because I feel like I'm always the resident, uh, the resident doubter. But I got a good feeling about how this is going to go. Oh um, shit! <laughs> it, we're going, we're going home chalk, all the way through game five. So Dubs up three two, going into game six, and just like we all know what happens in game six. On the road, we need the road win. You know who's showing up. Game our, six, our fucking Clay. Game six, Clay. Game six, Clay. Fuck yes. I just want I, – I wouldn't want it to end any other way. So that's my call. Game six on the road. Warriors bring it home. If Clay has like a legendary game six on the road in a closeout game in the NBA Finals after the last three years, I think – that the big three should retire and we should just call it good because that is what I like to call a storybook ending, man. Um, I think I'd have to get a game six clay tattoo at that point. Like, I'm, yeah, we're, we're getting games to clay <laughs> tattoos, anything um, that would um, be based. If that happens, I will get it on my forehead. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to get wild here. I'm going to say warriors in five. Uh, and, Here's kind of why I think Steph is out for blood right now. I, I think, you know, we all, we know they all hear the noise. We know what the conceptions have been so far. I just think if Steph gets single covered, I think he goes off. And if Steph doesn't get single covered, I think we get some really, really awesome stuff from, from clay and pool and from uh, Andy dubs, Andrew Wiggins. Um, I just, <laughs> I think this team is really out for it now. They just, they feel like they're peaking at the right time. They feel way more mature than Boston. Uh, we saw in that last series, although, you know, the Mavericks don't force a lot of turnovers. We saw the Warriors though, after those first two games, really take care of the basketball. And again, granted, this is, that's not even a comparable defense to uh, what we're looking at with Boston. I, I just think once, once it comes down to it, I like this team's chances of stealing, not stealing, sorry, taking both games at home and getting one of those first road games. And then, I just I love the options they have for Tatum and Brown. I love the idea of this team just doing what they've done so consistently in the playoffs, which again is 
going two one of the first three games. And I think that's not going to change here. This team always wins a road game. They're protecting the hell out of home court. And like I said before, I don't think, I think we're going to get a really, really awesome Steph Curry finals performance because the guys, he, they, they all want it, but I think Steph hears the noise. And I think he wants it the most. And I think it's going to be a fun, fun series. I think there'll be some close games, but I'm choosing, I'm choosing our dubs in five. Closing Let's- out, closing out in San Francisco. Let's go, man. Um, I, I thought I'd be the only one to have that, but uh, no, I, I'm I'm kind of with both of you. Uh, I kind of I was in the same uh, when I was predicting the Masters. Um, I had the same kind of feeling where, you know, I as as a Western Conference Finals, I didn't see it going to be five games. Uh, so I, I the the rational person in me wanted to say dozen and six, but like you said, man, I just think this team is peaking at the right time. Um, they're healthy. Um, I don't see him. I don't see him losing a home game. Uh, and uh, really, credit to Chase Center as well. Um, we, as much as we bogged on it early in the season, and even in that Denver series, um, they they've grown up this this playoffs. Um, that Memphis series, you really saw in that game six, and against the Mavs, that that home court advantage was was fire. That in that game five, it was especially. I mean, that that arena is rocking. So I, I don't expect that to change for the NBA Finals. And the Warriors just just they find a way to win one on the road, so I, I I think they steal one of those three, and I don't see them losing a closeout game at home. So I I will also go Warriors in five. Um, I think we get a Steph Curry Finals MVP um, because I think this is this is it. This is what these last two and a half years have kind of been built up to. Um, just the injuries, the worst record in the league, the the playing loss, the all the doubters and haters. To be just four wins away now, I think this team, like you said, is out for blood. They smell it, and we they've shown when they 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 when they see an opportunity to kind of you know go for the kill in in these playoffs, they've done it. Um, so as as much as I wanted, I think they're going to be competitive games. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know give Boston any uh, disrespect here. And they're a great team. I just don't think. Um, I just think they're meeting the Warriors at uh, at a tough time. Um, the Warriors are getting reinforcements. GP2, Andre, Otto. Um, you got the big three, four, whoever is playing so well. I think Curry and the coaching staff are going to be in their bag. Um, and I just think the Warriors' um, offense just finds a way to get it done. Uh, defensively, they're going to do it. But, um, yeah, Dubs in five, man. And I think we close this out in Chase Center, close out the uh, the inauguration or whatever with a championship and hang, hang start hanging a banner in, uh, in Chase. Um, dubs and five, man. What happens if Looney averages 15 and 15 and Steph only puts up like 23 points a game and the Warriors win? You know, I think, I, honestly, I think that if the Warriors win this series, um, just in terms of the narrative, especially with the way like these people vote and like try to do it, a Steph Curry finals MVP is, is goaded narrative wise, just in terms of how it's all played out, how it's gotten to this point. Um, so unless somebody like, unless, you know, and I don't see Steph shit in the bed. Um, he never has, even in that finals against the, uh, the Cavs in 2016, everybody likes to pull up. He had like, 23 points. Um, the average 23 with a bum knee. So uh, Steph's going to, Steph's going to show up. I just, I don't, unless, unless Clay goes off in a game six, like that, which would be electric. Um, to win it, I don't see Steph like not winning this final MVP. The Sandman, you're a gambling man, Gotham. I go find the the Looney MVP odds right now, and I'm oh, I, I put I put money on Wiggins. Um, just just <laughs> to be safe, no, I didn't, but um, not, not uh, the worst value bet, not the worst value bet. 
Um, but uh, nah, uh, I got Steph winning the Finals MVP. This is Fair. it's just an awesome moment, man. Again, I could be totally off. And I, if this game, if this series goes seven, I won't be surprised. I just, I just think the Warriors are deep. I'm I can't. I said it earlier, but I'm so excited for Gary Payton to get back in this series yeah. because there is not. I don't think he's a better overall defender than Smart. I don't. I think Smart, as far as just, I mean, Curry said it today. He's like the Draymond of point guards, and I think that can be overstated. And I don't think he's as good a defender as Draymond. But off the ball, uh, on the ball, really good. He he's that guy. But I think on the ball, Gary Payton is right there with you know Drew Holiday. Um, you know, uh, not prime Iguodala, but he's he's. I really think he's that good. And so I really don't think if he's sitting on uh, Tatum or Brown, I don't see either of those guys having a, having a moment while he's on them. So I'm really excited about that. And all the wings we all mentioned getting back. Uh, it's going to be a, going to be a cool series. It's going to be a really cool series. Uh, do you guys have, you know, we've had a four days off and with four days off, what tends to happen is, you know, the tweets, the tweets get firing. Um, have, have we seen anything in the last three, four days that stood out to us? The, to take a worthy take of the week trophy here. I I know we're going to get into the to the KD stuff, uh, but I don't know why five thirty eight just it it they just hate the Warriors. Like I hate the Warriors and Hillary Clinton, man. They hate they hate the Warriors and they also hate being right. And those two things like tend to correlate strongly. Um. And they have the Celtics at an 80% chance of winning the series, which to me is insane that any like data-based model would have two pretty evenly matched teams with the road team winning 80% of the time. Like what numbers are you using that say that? Do you see they have those, whatever metrics they're using and formulas they're using incorporate James Wiseman and getting like 20 minutes a night. Oh my god! Wow. Yes, yeah, I, I don't. I forget where I saw that, but they're they're they've got James Wiseman getting a lot of minutes, Moody getting you know high teens <laughs> minutes, and all kinds of stuff like that. Man, we're just idiotic, man. Just uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good sign that they, they got stop. the Warriors so low. That according they, to five thirty eight, we are in like a a one percent scenario. Like we have, we are in the Doctor Strange. You know, yeah, giving the, the time zone back to <laughs> back to Thanos. Can't, can't tell you how it plays, it plays out though, but uh, we got we got a chance. Yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, God, that's a great one, Charlie. Five thirty-eight, just, just absolutely wetting themselves. That's fantastic. Uh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got. I mean, uh, Matt, I don't know if you're gonna go into the KD one. Um, so I'll just keep it brief. Uh, the KD one, uh, the tweets. Um, just I thought it was hilarious. Um, just the fans and uh, going back at him. Um, personally, I love Kevin Durant. Um, just for what he did those three years, were some of the best basketball we'll ever see. One, two rings. Um, so if he feels like, you know, uh, he, he, you know, if he feels wrong about it, sure. But like the numbers back it up, man. So KD, if you do ever listen to this, maybe just, maybe just take the L on this one. Um, but uh, it was all great content, but the one that the take of the week that kind of fired me up was uh, this uh, ESPN uh, the radio host or like reporter or something, Courtney, Courtney, something. She was on the radio. There's a clip of her talking about, um, you know, why Steph Curry has never shown up in the finals or um, running with that stupid finals MVP narrative that started really in 2015, I, I think. Uh, like I can't remember last time before that where the finals MVPs meant so much. Um, but just run with the narrative and just, just 
adding really fuel to the fire. Like Steph, I hope you heard this. He says he hears everything and this had to be something that popped up on his radar, but to tell the guy, guy who averages 26, six and seven and, might be I, I might be wrong on the numbers, but it's a ballpark around there in the NBA Finals in five trips, um, winning three rings. Like the Finals MVP doesn't mean uh, that you were the single most best player on the team on or on the uh, on the court. Like, just because you you might have been like the most impactful, most impactful player. There's a bunch like there's so many guys that it takes to like win a championship, and if you didn't win a Finals MVP, doesn't mean you didn't show up. Steph had. That 2017 where KD went off at 37 points or whatever, Steph averaged 27, 9, and 8. He out-rebounded Tristan Thompson for the series. Like, come on, guys. Like, let's 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 not just run with these stupid narratives. It's the reason why um, you hear guys like Draymond and all these guys, the new media stuff where you're actually diving into what happens on the court and not just, like, this movie narrative that these guys are trying to make at ESPN. Um, it's just stupid. Um, I It just doesn't add – it's not good content. Um, I think that – um, we're starting to see that um, people starting to push back against it. Um, so Courtney, whatever your last name is, um, you try to, you know, show off your credentials and stuff. You're just wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, good luck with that. And I hope you, I uh, hope you tune back in in two weeks uh, when uh, this motherfucker gets the finals MVP. And uh, hopefully then you'll stop with these stupid takes, but that's my take of the week. Matt. Yeah, I actually want to, when I give my take of the week, I usually go with the joke takes. And I find these people to people to kind of mock and make fun of for saying silly things. But um, Tim Kawakami of the Athletic, I actually thought had some really really great stuff this week talking about Warriors fans losing their shit over Steph Finals MVPs. Uh, he basically said, if you're hung up on Steph not having Finals MVPs, you're missing the whole point of Steph Curry because. That that is to a T yeah. what Steph represents is getting more out of his teammates, I think, than anybody in the history of basketball and not not really caring about it. And, you know, we talk about arrogant on the court, humble off the court, all that stuff. And it's all we all see it. Anybody who's followed Steph for his career sees it and knows it. But he is the ultimate teammate. And the fact that he is going to go down as you know, the series might have something to say about it, but you know, a top 10 to 15 player of all time and doesn't have a finals MVP. Uh, is it a stain? Yeah. Some might say so. I think it'd be cool if he got one, but if you, if you don't understand this guy is somebody who brings the best out of everybody around him, then you're just missing it. And, uh, yeah, was Steph more important than Iguodala in 2015? Yes. Did Steph get more double teams than KD in 17 and 18? Uh, I'm I'm willing to wager. I haven't counted them. I've seen some stats. I haven't seen them verified by anybody whom I trust fully. But I I have to go back and watch. And that 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 seems accurate to my memory. But if those are the things that hang you up, um, Steph Steph doesn't care about that. And then he knows, of course. And Draymond talked about that today in his podcast. You know, of course, Steph he sees and hears things. But the the awesomeness of Steph Curry is that this guy does not need the Finals MVP to be the most impactful player in a basketball court. Yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim's got me feeling like the uh, the worst man you know makes great point meme yeah. right now. Uh, gave him the, the Alonzo morning on the bench tweet, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, when he's right, he's right, I guess. Uh, Shout out to Kyle uh, Conley. It's a fair point. Like, I, I'm point. so sick of talking about who is going to be the finals MVP and will it, like, or will it not be Steph? Like, he won three times. 
who cares? Like even he's if he, even if by some stroke of luck he's not the Finals MVP or whatever, you still win a ring. That's what this is about. It's a team sport. If you want to watch an individual sport, go watch tennis. Like go watch UFC. Like this is a team sport. You're literally watching one of the greatest like floor raisers um, for a team um, in NBA history. So if that's if that if that's not enough to show off his greatness, I don't think uh, uh, the Bill Russell Trophy is going to do anything for you. Um, you're going to find a way to hate him. Uh, but other than that, guys, I, I love those takes of the week. I think we we, we nailed it. Um, anything to shout out? Before I we think we killed out? that one. That one was that one was in great. your in your humble opinion. No. Uh, well, uh, in terms of things to shout out, keep a little uh, eye out for some words coming out from throughout Wood Pass. Uh, I got a got a big old series preview in the works right now. Uh, that I'm about to get back to. So keep an eye out for that coming in the next couple of days, definitely before game one. <laughs> definitely check it out, guys. It goes Fitz, Chuck, Joe, okay? Uh, go go find Chuck's article. I got nothing. I got nothing. Did you put, I'm to, did you put Fitz in front of me? Charlie, come on, man. Like, what would happen? The, the, some some kind of blue and yellow assassins would come kill me tonight if I didn't, dude. Come on, what, am I, what are you thinking here? <laughs> no, um, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, no, man, just keep following the gift game, man. I'm trying to just hammer the Star Wars gifts with the Warriors gifts in honor of both Obi-Wan and the Warriors being in the finals, man. So that's uh, that's all I got for you on Twitter, man. So give it a follow. Uh, Gotham? Yeah, man, as always, follow all of us on Twitter. Um, always got some f- uh, great content during the games, um, great tweets. Um, obviously, please follow. Keep on. Um, keep listening to the Games to Clay Pod. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, however that however it works. Um but uh, no, we really, we, we really appreciate you guys. Um, we've been seeing a lot more uh, fan or, or not uh, listener interactions. Um, just excited to listen to us talk basketball. And um, that was kind of the goal coming into just when we started this. Um, it's amazing that we're, we're back in the NBA finals. And this is the first time as a group that uh, the games with Clay crew can uh, actually break this down. And um, we're excited to feel all the content that we're going to get you. And uh, hopefully um, the next one uh, is after Warriors win, and uh, stay tuned, man. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be on top of these. We got days in between for the finals. A lot of episodes coming your way, so um, please stay tuned. But other than that, go Dubs and uh, four more wins, guys. That's the that's the mantra. Let's get it. Four more wins, and ring number four is in the uh, is in the books. Um, but other than that, thank you guys so much for listening, and until next time, peace. State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final for the second straight year. They eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.